thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. Well, talking about fighting corruption, I, I know that's a very, very daunting task. Why we need an umbat for whistleblowers now? And of course, there's an opinion piece written in the Daily Maverick by advocate Paul Hoffman, who is joining us online. A very good morning and a warm welcome to SAFM. Good morning to you, Bertha, and good morning to your listeners, too. This is, these are really trying times, interesting times, and talking about whistleblowing and also, you know, being um, after witnessing what has been happening um, uh, on the public platform, literally. I mean, this is really the right time to talk about such issues. Firstly, I would like to just find out if I decide to be a whistleblower or if anyone anyway decides to be a whistleblower, is there such thing as safety and security? Can they genuinely and honestly feel safe? Well, the way that the law works at the moment is that there is indeed whistleblower protection legislation, but you do not receive protection until a prosecutor in the case that you have blown the whistle on has decided that you are going to be a witness in the criminal trial in respect of which the whistleblowing was necessary. See, what we need to remember in particular in relation to corruption, which is really the primary problem in South Africa at this time, is that corruption is a deliberate and secretive crime. People do not know that they are victims of corruption, usually until long after the corrupt activity has taken place. Only when services are not delivered as they should be delivered do ordinary citizens discover that one of the reasons, one of the many reasons, is that the money that was set aside for the delivery of those services, whatever they may be, has been looted by the corrupt. So the, the current protection of whistleblowers in South Africa is inadequate because there is no form of protection available uh, between the time of blowing the whistle and the time of being nominated as the uh, witness that the prosecutor will want to call to prove the case. Mm. And... Looking at, you know, you know, different spectrums, is it better for you to be a whistleblower in, you know, in public space or uh, government institutions or even or is it is it better in, in, in a private um, sector? Much, much of the corruption that is taking place in South Africa, especially in the procurement of goods and services by the state, involves both public servants, political players and business people. The, the, the interface is between business and the spending of public money. That is where most of the corrupt activity occurs, as we learnt when we listened with horror to the evidence in the uh, Zondo Commission hearings. And you've written a, you know, an opinion piece in the Daily Maverick. Would you like to unpack uh, what 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 is what is in that particular piece? Yes, well, I think the first two points that I make are are, are really very simple. The, the 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 whistleblowers of South Africa are part of our national treasure. 
They are the people who stand between us and failure as a state. They are the people who make it possible for the Criminal Justice Administration to swing into action against people who are committing crimes, whether of corruption, which is the big problem, or any other form of crime that is uh, conducted secretly and needs to be drawn to the attention of the Criminal Justice Administration. We, we do not treat our whistleblowers as we should. Uh, we come from a history of regarding whistleblowers as impimpies and uh, enemies of the people. But in fact, today, our whistleblowers are the friends of the people and they are doing an incredibly important public uh, duty by blowing whistles. They are alerting the uh, authorities to the existence of a crime that would otherwise be concealed. The mm. second point I make is that there is a, a, a second pool of national treasure in our retired judges. Judges are people who have given their life to service of justice. They have um, been honored with a, a salary for life because of the sacrifices they make to dispense justice without fear, favor, or prejudice by impartially running the courts of the land. And many judges who uh, reach retirement age are not at their sell-by date at all. They still have time and talents that can be used to the benefit of the people of South Africa. So another pool of national treasure. Uh, think of Judge Cameron, who blew the whistle on the Tarbo Besta uh, um, uh, prison escape. That is a, a prime example of how uh, our retired judges are able to continue to serve the people. And um, he, he uh, is the inspecting judge of prisons, and he had early notification that the body that was found in that cell was not the body of Tarbo Besta. Yeah. Now, if you seek to bring together the need of the whistleblowers for protection and the skill of the retired judges, then it is possible to put in place a system which is similar to the system that is used uh, in Germany, um, which is a, an ombud for whistleblowers. And what they do in, in uh, Schleswig-Holstein is they ask a retired senior policeman to occupy the office of the uh, ombud as a, um, a, a filter for people who are alert to corrupt activity, but afraid to open their mouths because of the consequences. And that is certainly a, a feature that applies in South Africa. We know that some of our whistleblowers are murdered for blowing the whistle. Others are uh, fired, dismissed in circumstances in which that ought not to be happening. They are then litigated into the ground by a well-resourced employer. And the, uh, the net result of the uh, whistleblowing is that the whistleblower suffers and the criminals get off scot-free. 
Uh, think of Cynthia Stimple, who blew the whistle on uh, SAA malfeasance, lost her job for her trouble, and those involved in the malfeasance have yet to see the inside of a criminal court. So if that case, for example, had had a, an ombud in South Africa, it would have been possible for Cynthia Stimple to go to the ombud's office and say, won't you please cause an investigation to be made into a deal that is being done by SAA that looks very irregular? And her name would not have featured as the whistleblower. It, it, the, the books would have been looked at. Forensic accountant would have been sent in by the Criminal Justice Administration. And the the uh, money that was going to be uh, misappropriated could have been saved from the clutches of the corrupt. So that uh, combination of an ombud office mm. that preserves the confidentiality and the anonymity of the, the confidentiality of the disclosure and the anonymity of the whistleblower is something that could be put in place without legislation simply by, by uh, agreeing with a pool of retired judges that uh, one of them would sit at each high court. There would be a head uh, of the organization at the secretariat, and they would receive uh, anonymous tip-offs from would-be whistleblowers who may be too shy to stand up and take the risks that are inherent in whistleblowing at the moment, they lead to family breakdown, to the loss of income, to illness, to suicide, to 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 uh, to death. If uh, if the, the those against whom the whistle is blown yeah. um, are sufficiently desperate. We're going to take a small break, but before we do, um, I mean, um, I would like to highlight, you know, uh, one issue when we get back, and maybe you can also help me uh, understand or let's say just basically explain so that, you know, from a layman's point of view, there's a remedial legislation in the pipeline, um, uh, but the process um, is so slow to bringing immediate relief. The Gibbs uh, white paper um, uh, on whistleblowing is an example of the type of effort uh, extended to alleviate the current uh, plight of whistleblowers. And just as an example, as a reference, I mean, we all witnessed um, the former short-lived uh, former CEO, um, ESCOM, you know, um, well, ESCOM CEO, who literally uh, blew the whistle and found himself in, 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 in serious trouble and uh, people trying to poison him. And it was there in black and white. And you'd expect some form of action from the higher powers to be taken. And all of a sudden, it just died a natural death. I would like to just delve into that very briefly and to see maybe if there's any convincing that can be done to those that are in the higher power, such as our president, to put processes and systems in place that can protect uh, our whistleblowers. For now, let's just take a, a quick detour and we'll be back. Storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. And we are chatting to advocate Paul Hoffman, Director Accountability Now, and uh, wrote an opinion piece um, in the Daily Maverick, trying to protect our whistleblowers and trying to find out solutions. Coming back to you, advocate Paul um, Hoffman, 
what can be done to trigger our higher powers, which is basically the higher powers are the president, to, to take action? Because I looked at the Gibbs White Paper. 25,000 people have signed for action to be taken to make sure whistleblowers are protected. What do we need to do? It's a, it, is, it is correct that um, remedial legislation is in the pipeline. But as you observed before the ad break, the remedial legislation is taking a very long time. Uh, and there is still a gap between the time of blowing the whistle and the time of receiving protection once you have been through the system to the point where a prosecutor says, this is a witness I need for my case, and this is a witness who needs to be protected. That, that is the, uh, the, the gap that uh, we feel a, an ombud could fill. So with the example of Andre de Reiter, who uh, went on television and said that he estimates that uh, a billion rand a month is being siphoned off from Eskom, that, that was not really whistleblowing because uh, the, the evidence at the State Capture Commission actually pointed to that. The State Capture Commission identified 45 bodies who should, 45 people who should be investigated by the Criminal Justice Administration in connection with uh, whistleblower with with um, corruption at Eskom, the whistleblowing by um, Derater is going to be discussed with him in Parliament by the Standing Committee on Public Accounts, and uh, it, th that is done in the course of its oversight work, and it does not uh, lead to any relief for whistleblowers. It simply gives Parliament a uh, a stimulus to uh, accelerate the process of the change of the law. But if the law is not changed in a way that uh, affords protection to whistleblowers from the moment they open their mouth or uh, decide to blow whistle, then it could be that there will be a need for an ombud on an ongoing basis and that the system should be adjusted in such a way that the gap that, that exists at the moment between the date of blowing the whistle and the date of being put in a witness protection program is, is closed by an ombud shielding the identity of the person who has blown the whistle until the prosecutor is in a position to say, yes, this is a person I need for my case. Yeah. Advocate, that I... gap yeah. can be filled. Advocate, unfortunately, we've run out of time and this is these are sort of conversations we ought to have often. But thank you so much for joining us on SAFM and hopefully in the near future something will be done and action will be taken. Thank you so very much. Have yourself a great Sunday.